the night before Christmas, when all through my flat, not a creature was stirring, not even a rat. My sock was hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that Nick would get me another to make a pair. My Russian hamster was nestled all snug in her bed. She's supposed to be nocturnal, but it's Moscow time in her head. <laughs> I couldn't sleep. I lay awake in dissatisfaction lying in a bed that hadn't seen any action. <laughs> when out on the street there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew, and in a flash, remembered I had no clothes on, so I pulled down the sash. <laughs> the moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to the objects below, and peeping through that sash, what a sight. A beautiful woman was stood there, all dressed in white. No, not dressed in white. She was made all of snow. Impossible to describe, but I'll give it a go. To a Christmas partridge within a tree, she would compare, in that she was a tasty bird with a juicy pear. <laughs> she beckoned to me with some urgency, indicating it was an emergency. Now, on Christmas Eve, I wouldn't normally do any detection, but for fantasy females, I'll make an exception. <laughs> Before I rushed to her aid, I grabbed my smartphone. Needing a pocket to put it in, I also took my dressing gown. With urgency, I slipped on my slippers, grabbed my hat, flossed my teeth, did some other things, then rushed outside. Her icy hand grabbed my hand, and we ran side by side. After some strides, I looked down and to my surprise found my feet were no longer running on the ground. We were walking in the air over a busy London night sky, over Buckingham Palace, Westminster and the London Eye, from within which I saw people pining at me as I looked down. I sure regretted not wearing anything under my dressing gown. <laughs> Outside a mansion, the snow woman and I came into land. I was urgently dragged into the building by her hand. And there in the hall, under the mistletoe, lying injured on the ground, was someone we all know. He was dressed all in fur, from his head to his foot, and his clothes were tarnished with blood, ashes, and soot. His hat and trousers had been taken, and I have to confess, it wasn't great finding out how he got the name Nicholas. <laughs> his bundle of ties had been flung all over the floor, and he'd lost so much blood, it didn't look like he'd be with us much more. Some elves were treating gunshot wounds on the old bloke. Turns out the National Health Service isn't a joke. <laughs> Santa indicated the space next to him, and despite what his elven doctors had to say, got me to sit next to him whilst he told me what had befell him that day. He didn't feel quite right sitting next to the old chap. I'd never been that near to him without sitting on his lap. <laughs> 
turns out some villain had shot him, stolen his hat, trousers, reindeer, and sleigh. He wanted me to get them back so the kids would still get their presents on Christmas Day. He apologized for not calling me in the usual way, but he'd left his mobile in the stolen sleigh. He'd used the snow woman to contact me because he had no phone, sleigh, or reindeer. But that bit of misfortune had given me an idea. Santa uses the Ho-Ho mobile network to take calls through, or as it's more commonly known, Ho-2. <laughs> well, I may have been in a state of self-deception, but I was hoping that Ho-2 line had got a decent reception. We logged into Santa's account on my mobile, did find my phone, discovered the sleigh had been taken back to Santa's home. So as Snow Woman and I headed north, Santa was rushed to hospital, and I couldn't help thinking, why couldn't that villain have gone somewhere more tropical? It was quite a long journey with nothing to do except look down and see the sea view. It would have been nice before leaving to have gone to the loo. But at least with no underwear, I could do what birds do. <laughs> <laughs> when we got to the North Pole, we saw gathered quite a crowd in front of a short, angry man with a cold who was shouting out loud. He was stood in front of a Christmas tree, but instead of a star, the top of that tree beheld a swastika. The short man with short moustache looked kind of familiar, and that voice unmistakable. It was Adolf, the red-nosed Hitler. <laughs> He'd gathered around him every one of Santa's workers, and because he was wearing Santa's magic hat, they had to take his orders. Whatever Hitler said, they had to say yep. He had them marching up and down, doing the Christmas goose step. He told the elves the humans would have to learn their place and live to be ruled by the master fairy and race. He declared he was making changes to Santa's outdated business. They'd now deliver presents to all the bad boys and girls, and they should call him Fuhrer Christmas. But now he was in charge. It was a new regime, for he had a vision, for he had a dream. Christmas tree, we saw Santa's reindeer and sleigh. Like a Chinese meal, my intention was to take it away. Fortunately, Fuhrer Christmas had the complete attention of his elven crowd, so we easily snuck into the sleigh, then I grabbed the reins and I got a shout out loud. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Dunner and Blitzen. But the sleigh didn't move. The reindeer stayed in position. Within seconds, we were surrounded by Nazi elves. It was an awkward situation. The snow woman bumped me to the side, taking the driving position, and I discovered why the sleigh hadn't moved when she um, turned the key in the ignition. <laughs> <laughs> she drove the sleigh through the elves and up into the air, and this time those on the ground couldn't see I had no underwear. I could hear Hitler shouting. He sounded pretty angry. 
He was sure saying a lot of words Father Christmas wouldn't say. <laughs> the elves flew after us, pursuing us over the vast plains of snow. This bit would look great in a movie. Shame it's just audio. <laughs> but the reindeer were tired. They'd already traveled a long way. It was obvious to me we weren't going to get away. Eventually, we came down to land somewhere I thought chosen randomly. The elves landed behind us, two carrying Hitler, and they advanced on us menacingly. There appeared to be nowhere to run from the army under Hitler's command. But what I didn't know was, between us and the enemy, was Snowman's land. <laughs> Snowwoman put her fingers to her lips, made a whistling sound, and hundreds of snowmen lifted themselves off the ground. One group of snowmen flew over the enemy as a cluster, firing down hard pellets of snow on them with a cry of, Hail Hitler! <laughs> <laughs> The elves fire back snowballs, the battle was a blizzard. And I knew if it wasn't resolved quickly, Santa's presence wouldn't get delivered. Presumably Hitler knew that too, for he was smiling like the Cheshire cat. But that smile turned to a frown when a drone swept down and took off Santa's hat. I'd found the drone in Santa's sack, it was a toy. Thank goodness Nathaniel Warner been a good little boy. Without Santa's hat, the elves were no longer at Hitler's beck and call. And now, poor old Hitler, he only had one snowball. <laughs> so Hitler put his hands in the air and begged for forgiveness, and I, quoting Churchill's most famous words, said, Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of elves grabbed Hitler and dragged away that war crook, and the snowmen, with their eyes made of coal, gave him such a dirty look. To make up for the time lost by all these events, we all had to work together to deliver the remaining presents. So if you didn't get what you asked for last year, give Santa a break. Chances are it wasn't his fault. It was my mistake. And I'm not magical either. So if I saw a chimney had smoke, then I had to find another way in. And, uh, yeah, sure, maybe a few windows got broke. <laughs> and after we delivered all the presents, I took the sleigh back to the North Pole. Got a dance with the snowwoman at the snowman's ball, and then we took a romantic stroll. I like the snowwoman. She made me feel bolder. Unlike other women, she didn't give me the cold shoulder. <laughs> Under the beautiful northern lights, we kissed, oblivious of the freezing weather. And I learned never to French kiss a snowwoman. <laughs> <coughs> Our tongues got stuck together. <laughs> she held me close as she flew me home from that party and said yes when I invited her in for coffee. She was amazing. That was a night I'll never forget. But when I awoke, she was gone. And my bed was soaking wet. <laughs> now my tale is over, but you may be wondering if Santa is okay. Unfortunately, I haven't heard from him since I sent him my bill, so I can't say. So kids, this Christmas day, if you wake and find no toys at the bottom of your bed, it might be because you've been bad, or it might be because, um, well, enough said. <laughs> the Fight Before Christmas was written by Simon Paul Miller, who also voiced Dick Dick Digger and Stonewall Hitler. John Woods was the sound engineer. The music cued in by Jeremy Miller. The credits were read by Scarlett Tor. That's me, by the way. And I'm still wondering if Father Christmas is okay. The recording took place at Jubilee Leviton, and this was a rhyming detective production!
Okay, thank you.